Hey everybody, this is Josh, and I'm here with Kendrick, and we just wanted to get together, have a little bonus chit-chat. Josh and I have had busy holiday schedules, haven't had a chance to talk to you, so we're going to be just chitting, chatting over some topics. Hope you enjoy. One, two, three, hit it, boys! Uh. <laughs> get together, have a few laughs. Uh-oh, shit, lady, do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? Lady, put the freaking gun down on the ground right now. Take your shot across the freaking street and say that until we come and get you. Josh. Um, my audacity is now recording. Yeah, what's okay, up? Good. All right. Have you ever read any books by China Mieville? I have not, no. Um, I love his ideas. Don't love his writing. Mm. But... A George um, Lucas of the literary world. Uh, I don't know if that's putting George Lucas or China Mieville in a bad light, but anyway, <laughs> he wrote this book called Embassy Town, and I was just talking to someone today about it, which is why it's fresh in my memory. But the mm-hmm. the plot of Embassy Town essentially is it's set in the future, alien aliens. You know, we've, humans have discovered planets with aliens all over. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go to this humans go to this planet that. These aliens are like uh, conjoined heads, essentially. So they're like mm-hmm. two-headed aliens. And mm-hmm. when they talk, they talk in, um, they talk in like a chorus. Like each mm-hmm. head is is talking, and so the, a conversation is like coming from both of them. And and they can't understand humans because humans are just one mouth. Interesting. <laughs> so so humans, in order to communicate them with them breed twins that from birth are like trained in this like linguistic aspect um, so that they can communicate with these aliens where they would i don't remember if they use it's been a long time since i've read this book but i don't remember Mm -hmm. if they use like implants or what to like sync their brains up but um essentially the aliens uh become addicted to humans voices something about the voice of these twins becomes like a narcotic and (laughs) the alien society like just starts falling apart because no one wants to do anything but listen to the humans talk what (laughs) yeah i'm not joking it is a very bizarre book and fascinating like to hear someone tell you about it but every time i'm like oh this sounds fun and i sit down to read it and it's just a not fun time reading it's like a sloggy slog yeah, there's a lot of things like that where I'm like, you know, people will shit on movie adapted movies adapted from books, but this would be a lot better movie than it is as a book. Mm. So, yeah, I read several books last year that I felt like were essentially novelizations of interesting Star Trek episodes. <laughs> You should start sending them to the people that are making Star Trek so that they can actually make interesting Star oh. Trek episodes. <laughs> Have you seen Stranger Worlds? Because I feel like you're slandering no, something you haven't no. seen. <laughs> yeah, Strange New Worlds might be the best Star Trek of all time. And here you are not watching it and also slandering it. Yeah, I'll do both of those things before I watch it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Hannah and I are going to watch it once we're done with Voyager. Um, and we're on towards the end of Voyager, like we're in season five or six or something like that. So um, within the, within the realm of, 
of watching it. Um, it's just like there's so much content to get through. Dude. And, um, <laughs> yeah. So much content. So much. Yeah. Content. Yeah. Uh, are, do you follow like Oscar news at all? I looked at all the nominees and stuff like that. I did see a great Blueski um, tweet about it or post about it or whatever that said that um, anybody who says that somebody got shafted should tell you who they would kick out of that category. And that's been the number one Oscar take that I will carry with me for the rest of my life because I yeah. absolutely agree with it. Um, but yeah, like I, I saw all the Ryan Gosling, Margot Robbie, Barbie mm. stuff and mm-hmm. uh, whatnot. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't have to get into the weeds. I could think of a few places that I would have removed certain people and put in Barbie, but, um, overall it's fine. Uh, I have one best picture nominee left to see and that's poor things. And if you had asked me a year ago, like which one is my priority to see of all of them, it would have been poor things. So it's ironic. That's the only one left. I feel like that's just the way it's got to work though, right? Yeah. <laughs> like whatever yeah. movie you're most excited about that year is the movie that you're either it's going to completely suck surprisingly or <laughs> you're just not going to catch it. Yeah. It's a way later. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm just going to have to wait for it to come to home, home mm-hmm. video, unfortunately, but yeah, uh, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see it. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. uh Emma Stone is having a real, uh, Real real time of her life. Have you watched any of The Curse? I have not. I was just thinking about that. I really should watch it. I'm like about halfway through. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a little bit. So I started watching it when it started airing. And I was watching mm-hmm. it with a friend. And um, we could only get together like every couple weeks or so. And so we, we, we would get together and then watch like three episodes at once. Oh, wow. Cause you know, then it would be like a next few weeks mm-hmm. and I just, neither of us, we were like, Oh, I can't do this. It's, it is too much to try to binge. And so we just stopped <laughs> and then like a couple <laughs> weeks passed and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go back, but I'm going to do one at a time and give myself a few days between. So if you're listening to this and you don't know, the curse is a TV show starring Emma Stone and Nathan Fielder. It's a fictional show by Nathan Fielder, which I think might be his first time acting. He might've like bit acted in things. Mm-hmm. But most of his shows are reality sketch comedy, I guess. I don't even know how you would describe them. Reality but, TV adjacent, sketch comedy yeah. adjacent, cousins uh, of and, both of them. <laughs> and then um, this also has um, one of the Safdie brothers. I want to say Ben? I don't know. Um, who yeah, it's Ben. Who uh, is a filmmaker and... Yeah, Benny Safdie, I guess this is mm. this is his real name. Uh, but he's a filmmaker. He's done a bunch of things. But the Safdie brothers, uh, most recently that I'm aware of, did Uncut Gems, um, ah. which came out in 2019, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's like the three of them, Emma Stone, Nathan Fielder, and Benny Safdie, are making a reality show in Arizona. And it is so hard to describe and so awkward uh i it, it just like makes you really uncomfortable but not in a like i don't like i don't particularly like um like really cringy 
like the office style comedy, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Where where someone's acting like a doofus. This is like mm-hmm. sort of believable realistic stuff, but also extremely cringy. But so they uh there's a whole so they're they're filming this reality show and HGTV gives Nathan Fielder some feedback and they're like, Hey, you're not that funny. So he goes to a corporate comedy class and it's like improv. Mm-hmm. And it's like a it's like improv class in the VFW on weeknights mm-hmm. and they just show us a little bit and it's it's filmed like a horror film where they're like <laughs> oh it i just and the thing is is it's filmed like a horror film but also if you've done any improv you've probably been in that exact same setting mm-hmm. and it's just like the pit of your stomach of being like oh i've been there this is terrifying it's not far off but (laughs) and in real life everyone would be like ah that's that was bad let's let's move on but you know Mm -hmm. they just cut and you're just like left sitting there going oh yeah (laughs) so yeah if you do watch it if you do watch it let me know because i'm interested to hear your thoughts oh yeah i mean i loved um the rehearsal most of the way through yes um but yeah, I'm excited to. I'll watch it at some point. But minus Hannah, because she uh, cannot stand um, Nathan Fielder at all. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just hates the super super awkward delivery and all yes. of his sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. My wife did not care for the rehearsal, but was too invested to stop watching it. <laughs> uh, so I really sucked her in. She's not watching the curse though. She's like, no thanks. Um, <laughs> Uh, did I tell you that um, what was the gal? What was the woman's name in the rehearsal who lived in the house? I'm blanking on her name, but um, there was a there was a spa in Portland that a friend of mine was on like their mailing list, and yeah. they were like, "Here's our new massage therapist," and it was her. And oh, they didn't what? they didn't call her out. It was just like, "Here she is," and they said her name, which I'm completely blanking on at the moment. And I was like, "Oh!" And they showed a picture, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh." It's the person from the rehearsal. Yeah. Apparently, um, I can't remember who said it, but I was talking with one of my friends and they were like, yeah, it was really crazy because I like ended up hiring these movers to come out and they weren't like a part of a company. It was like just a guy and another guy. And like one person went like he helped for a little bit, but then he sat the rest of the time in the bathroom pretty much while the other person did all the rest of the moving. And then later they were watching the rehearsal and they're like, Oh, bathroom guy is Robin. <laughs> oh, the guy Wait, who's this driving is the bathroom, his... the bathroom of the person's house who was having their stuff. Yeah. Moved? <laughs> no, who was, who was having their stuff moved. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what that guy does for a living, but, um, absolute main ca- main character energy, and I'm excited <laughs> yeah. that I, I have never met this person because I don't know that I could stand him. Oh man, <laughs> man, life. Josh, it's been a long time since we have recorded a off book, off script, semi scripted, sort of on book, bonus episode. 
Yep. And I started making a topic list back in October, I guess. <laughs> and I feel like most of these things aren't really useful. Like, what are you doing for Halloween? Nah, nobody cares. Um, <laughs> but uh, one of the things that's changed in the last year is the social media landscape. <laughs> and um, I'm curious, like, what your like what your habits are and if you're if you've changed them or how you feel about like between you know twitter or blue sky or threads um instagram like do you feel like your social media habits have changed in the last year really since the takeover elon musk's takeover which is probably almost two years by now but Yeesh. um yeah i mean good question i i definitely think that um my usage of Twitter has basically dropped from, I was probably checking it like several times a day, mm-hmm. usually scrolling through and reading back just to where I was at before or uh, getting my fill of it. Cause I followed a kind of a curated number of people. So I wasn't ever just having an endless feed of stuff that I'd never seen um, sort of a thing. And I liked that aspect of it. I liked that there was a lot of journalists and stuff on there that I could follow. And so it was really easy to catch stories before they were a big news story a while later. And I I really appreciated that part of Twitter. And ever since Elon took over, that has died. And so my main reason for being on Twitter has died. And now my reason for being on Twitter is like, ah, it's a thing that I hit with my thumb. And now I am scrolling through it and then I go, I hate this website. Why am I here? And then I leave. So it's maybe I'll spend 10 minutes a week on Twitter. Whereas before I was spending probably, I don't know, uh, more than 10 minutes, a good, a good many <laughs> 10 minutes. If I, if 10 I minutes plus reason it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And blue sky, I like a lot, but it just seems like they haven't been able to hook everybody from twitter over to blue sky especially a lot of the casuals that i was following they seem to hop over to threads or just be like well twitter is worse now but i have nowhere else that feels like everyone's going so i'm just gonna stay here because it seemed like there was a wave that went with mastodon and it's like the um computer smart savvy people that left it felt like and then some of them migrated to Blue Sky, but it really feels like the old Twitter is fractured into a million worse versions of what Twitter was when it was good in some ways. So, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, Yeah, I agree. I So I deleted my Twitter account uh, nice. probably a year ago now. Uh, yeah. Um, and I have a Mastodon account and I have a Blue Sky account. Um, I check both fairly irregularly. It Similarly, where... I would read Twitter quite a bit and it was like a a news and content aggregator really mm-hmm. because while I'm subscribed to like you know New York Times or whatever I'm not going to New York Times website all the time to get breaking news. Yeah. Um but when people are when breaking news happens people tweet about it and then they link to the New York Times story or the Washington Post story or the Atlantic story. Yeah. Uh so I I wouldn't have to be aggregating the news I could just be like, oh, this is happening. I'm going to read about this or mm-hmm. entertainment news or whatever. And yeah, I just haven't been able to really recapture that. And then I'm kind of like, do I want to recapture that? Maybe I'm fine. Yeah. Uh, 
Maybe I'm fine not having the news immediately. <laughs> Maybe I'm fine. I do kind of feel like uh, I miss out on a lot of kind of like pop culture moments. And I've, mm-hmm. I've tried subscribing to a whole bunch of Substacks, which now everyone's leaving Substack because apparently it's impossible in this day and age to not support Nazis when you have a business. Um, They're just a large part of our revenue stream. It's just... Yeah, capital, capitalism's really just bending towards the Nazis in every way. But so that was kind of one way. But then it was there's just reading emails or newsletters just didn't have that dopamine hit. Yeah, of, of scrolling the tweets. Emails never have held like the same level of dopamine. Like reading just a slog of emails. Um, I mean, I call it a slog. I don't call it like. A feed or mm-hmm, <laughs> whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't maybe know. I, I could probably have, I'm sure there's some homie out there listening who's like, well, the problem is, is you don't have like an, a good email client. Like using the Gmail interface sucks. Yeah. Uh, so if you had an email client that you would be reading your email on. But it, yeah, it's just kind of like unpleasant. And I'll just kind of scroll th- kind of quickly through an email and be like, no thanks or sure mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of a bummer. Cause I feel like there are a lot of like podcasters who are kind of stuck with, well, I don't really want to be on Twitter, but I don't have anywhere else to go. So I'm going to stay yeah. on Twitter and I'm like, well, I, I guess I'll never see your tweets again. Cause not only has Twitter gotten worse, but it's also, if you don't have an account gotten almost impossible to be able to see stuff. So yeah, uh, people will send links and now there's like websites popping up that exist just to mirror Twitter so that you can look at things without having an account, which oh, man. <laughs> is funny to me uh, that that exists. But also, if you have like a Discord or a Slack or something like that, you can post the link and it will unfurl it in the message. I think mm-hmm. uh, like WhatsApp and other messaging clients will do this too. So you can post a link and read it without having to click on it. Um Yeah. Which is funny, which is like, I'm like, oh, this is a convenient way to actually read what was being sent. But yeah. Yeah. Because it's uh, annoying that like the still the place that the Biden administration will post something or right. yes. whatever politician will <laughs> will send out a new campaign thing. It's going to be yes. on Twitter yeah. still. Hillary, oh, Twinton, Hillary Clinton tweeted about <laughs> Barbie not getting nominated. Oh, uh, or Greta Gerwig not getting nominated and she had like a hashtag of like Hillary Barbie or something and yep. I was like wow speaking yep. of main character energy what's going on here <laughs> um, I um, I saw a TikTok that was like a guy who just had tears streaming down his face and it just starts out with him just like barely holding it together and then the ti- the caption is like Hillary's one gay intern and he's like you have to say something <laughs> as he's like crying when a uh, Barbie wasn't nominated. Oh. <laughs> and I was just dying. That's funny. That's funny. Oh, man. Um, I haven't, I don't have a threads account. I really don't want to add any more Facebook data if I can avoid it. Um, I was like the I exact a, same I have way. an Instagram account, but um, I probably won't make a threads account. But yeah. from what I've heard, it seems to be a little more, meme than what twitter was so it's still yeah. like even people who use threads a lot aren't like eh, it's great it's just like eh, it's where some people are um, yeah. so i don't know it's kind of a bummer and then there's the kind of the popularization of short form video um which is a totally different thing and i think it's often 
um, kind of grouped in with things like, you know, Twitter and blue sky, but because of the fact that most of the time you're not looking at your followers, you're just looking at the algorithm. It feels very different to me. Yeah. Do you use a uh, TikTok a lot too? Uh, I don't. I uninstalled most social media apps because I was like, this is not, this is not serving me. So yeah. away with you. Sometimes yeah. I'll watch some YouTube shorts or, but mostly it's like YouTube videos now is mostly where I go for my social media. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of a bummer. <laughs> it almost feels like, you know how the, we as a society and um, as capitalism advances, we like lose out on all of our second spaces sort of a thing. Yeah. Um, it sort of feels like the digital version of that in a way. <laughs> right. So as uh, yeah. as capitalism makes things worse, we're uh, missing out on things. Yeah. It feels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah. Way to, way to have a positive outlook. Um, <laughs> Uh, fu- unrelated funny story. I was at a bar last night and this woman walks up to me just out of the blue and she says, you look like John Stewart. And then she walked off and I was like, was that a compliment? Uh, <laughs> still unclear, but John Stewart is coming back, I guess for the election season. Oh yeah. He's uh, coming back in a big way. Mondays only, but he's coming John, back. <laughs> if you're a John Stewart Stan, um, <laughs> But I was just like, what a strange thing to come up and tell someone out of the blue. But yeah, I guess when you got gray hair, you know, you're you're looped in. Um, <laughs> have you ever had someone tell you that you look like a famous person? So far, my famous people are uh, white men who are known for everything but being attractive. So we have <laughs> we have Zach Galifianakis. Uh-huh. <laughs> I had several people tell me I look like Zach Galifianakis. Several people tell me I look like Mark Maron, including someone who actually saw a picture of me and thought I was Mark Maron. Oh, and what? <laughs> now we have uh, John Stewart. So I guess that's my legacy. That's really funny. Um, yeah, I've gotten a few different people, but in order, I had um, people say that I looked like Ben Folds. Um, so I got that several times when i was younger and then i also got um kevin McHale, who was the uh kid that played Artie on glee um and i think it's just because we both had glasses and uh, that was the main reason i don't know mm. <laughs> i don't feel like I, we no, looked can, all that similar. i can also <laughs> kind of see like eyebrow and and smile for yeah kevin McHale. i looked up some photos of him yeah i can yeah. see it I can see yeah it. and then the other one that i get very consistently is Brendan Lee Mulligan. Lots of people say that I've looked like him. Um, oh, and then other people say that I look like Hugh Grant, but only his eyes. Um, so I've gotten all of those. Hugh Grant, but only his eyes. Yeah. So just like load up a picture of Hugh Grant, cover everything but his eyes, and then be like, ah, it's Josh. Um, yeah. I've been told. Okay. I feel like when people are like, you look like so-and-so, but only in this part, I'm like, uh-huh. just that means that I don't look like so-and-so. <laughs> like, that's not just how looks like, look like that's, that's not how looks like works. <laughs> like, wow, did you know the inside of your nose looks just like Johnny Depp's inside of his nose? <laughs> like, what? That's, uh, that's so good. That's not how that sentence is supposed to work. That's very funny. 
Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. Those, those sorts of things are always funny. And I wonder too, if you took everyone saying that you had this person's nose, this person's face or shape or this person's eyes or whatever, and you just like used Photoshop to combine them, if it actually would look like you, or if people are just <laughs> fucking insane, <laughs> seeing what they want to uh... see. <laughs> Sometimes there are people who who um, I'll watch do a thing on TV and like a mannerism will remind me a lot of someone. Oh, like for a, sure. A vocal inflection. And I'll be like, oh, oh, yeah, that 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 specific aspect really reminds me of someone. If you yep. if there was a biopic made about you, who would you want to play you? Um, Probably at this point, Brennan Lee Mulligan would be the not Hugh Grant, not Hugh Grant. No. <laughs> uh. No, probably not. But um yeah, I don't know. What do you what do you think? Um I think Zach Alfanakis, I think would I I would have a a good kick out of him playing me. Yeah. Just because he's such a weird dude. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know, I'd have to think about it, but of the ones of the people I listed, probably him. Yeah. It's interesting that we both didn't say like Tom Cruise or whatever. But. Well, I'm trying to be realistic here, Josh. <laughs> uh, yeah, just I guess if if it's like um, a fantastical retelling, then uh, yeah, yeah, maybe Tom Cruise. No, I don't want it. Scientology rubbed all over my biopic. <laughs> Ew, you got Scientology John- in my biopic. Yeah. John Cena. Oh yeah. I mean he should be the the default answer, honestly. Right, right, yeah. John Cena. Yeah. Yep. There we go. Yeah. He's uh he's so funny in every single thing that he's in. I don't know. He's great. Um so speaking of movies, the other thing uh I want to talk about today, there have been a few Bruce Willis news items since we really last and stopped and talked about the man himself Mm -hmm. um the main one being that there was a uh post by his wife um back in august kind of talking about um his like his health decline and it was pretty it's getting pretty serious by then yeah i haven't heard anything since then but presumably it's still tough um Mm -hmm. she says that it uh she said bruce willis's wife gives blunt update amid his dementia battle i'm not good Uh, this Mm -hmm. uh, hollywood reporter article from last august and uh definitely a bummer to kind of see his health decline i follow all of his family on instagram Mm -hmm. same here and it's nice to kind of see them like really rally around each other you know demi moore and his daughters and his and Emma, his his current wife, and um, yeah, it's uh, sad, but um, it's good to see that there's some good people around him. Yeah, I read a an article back in um, October from the um, Los Angeles Times that also talked about the producer of Moonlighting or the creator of Moonlighting. Sorry, Glenn uh, Corden Karen. Uh, he was saying that apparently Bruce Willis is pretty much uh, incommunica- incommunicative at this point. Um, and he's like, yeah, you can still see that um, 
it's it's me it takes him a while and um it's it's really tough just to see him like this because obviously he is such a charismatic person when he was a younger actor especially and it's yeah it's definitely definitely hard to see especially because like you and i know we we've seen a lot of bruce willis stuff so we can kind of track and trace his um his history and it's just so sad seeing um all stuff that's kind of happened to him and everything and how he's been dealing with it but grateful that he's got good people around him um like glenn and his family and whatnot who can come alongside him and help him as he's going through this so yeah 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 uh vulture published their ordered ranking of um they say every bruce willis movie but let's be honest that's only 68 and unfortunately there's a lot more than 68 Mm -hmm. uh i don't know (laughs) if they call out Oh yeah, they do say the final stretch of Willis's career is defined by a string of low-budget, quickly made direct-to-video, mm-hmm. uh, seemingly the effort of a man attempting to work as much as possible while he still could. End quote. They don't, um, they don't put any of those in this list, and they also don't put any of his voiceover work, other than, uh, look who's talking, and look who's talking. Which is crazy that they did that and not over the hedge um right <laughs> but yeah and then but then they they so they left off over the hedge and they left off like that animated tv show that he did that kid show oh yeah where he played the shit what was that even called uh is this called the kid no no that was a movie the kid but <laughs> right but on this list they have um they have the return of bruno uh <laughs> Which we the, both still haven't seen, right? Oh, it's yes. called Bruno the Kid. That's right. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. This the Return of Bruno, 1987. So really quite old, uh-huh. but it's a Dick Clark hosted mockumentary concert film. Um, yeah. Also on this list, Charlie's Angel Full Throttle, which he just makes a quick, quick cameo. We didn't even cover that one. Yeah, no. <laughs> we were like, look, we, we got to pick and choose. We don't have time for that. Yeah, we um, we have some integrity, the vulture. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, right. Yeah, right. Uh, it's interesting, uh, the order that they put things in. Um, mm-hmm. They made some interesting choices, but kind of going back through these has made me um, look back on our, I think we've done 44 Bruce Willis films. Mm-hmm. Um, and the gems from the early nineties that I don't think people are watching today unless you go out and specifically search for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some, there's some like nobody's fool, the Paul Newman movie. Yeah. Uh, mortal thoughts is number 10, which is, that's where I was like, I don't know if I yeah can, can get on board with this. Uh, I liked seeing him in mortal decision. thoughts, but I didn't love that movie. <laughs> yeah. Right. Last Boy Scout, Last Boy Scout number 13. Yeah. Um In Country number 15. That one was great and I another one that yep. I don't think people are necessarily watching. It was definitely like the biggest surprise of like the early Bruce Willis movies for me. Right. Yeah. Um did they rank like Striking Distance? Yeah, well Striking Distance. Oh no, oh, 53. Well, no. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Sunset 
uh, Last Man Standing, number 50. Bonfire the Vanities, 51. Okay, at least that makes a little bit of sense. Okay. Mercury Rising, 52. Tr- Striking Distance, 53. Uh-huh. Uh, Charlie's Angels, 54. I can't believe that they put four rooms so low as well, because I liked four rooms. Oh, bit, North, but... 61. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, man, that scene with... Uh, was it Reba McIntyre? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, like her her song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so the worst film, number 68, Hostage. Uh, which, where did we have that? I hope I have, I hope this is up to date on our list. You I have, a, I have my 16th? letterboxed list. Let me grab that real quick. I think you had it at 16th and I had it at 15th. Uh, yeah, I have I it at fi- 17. Okay, yeah, I have it at 15. So, wow, weird. Uh, pretty different from that vulture yeah. list. Um, let's go to the let's go to the the top of the list. So, number one, Unbreakable. Where is that on your list? Unbreakable is number five. Yeah, number six for me. Yeah, I kind of want to um, rewatch it though, because. I think it probably is one of those movies that's going to reward a rewatch. Um, mm-hmm. And I've only seen it once, but yeah, I'd be interested to see how that moves on my list. Although the competition that it has is tough. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, let's keep going. Well, so number two is 12 Monkeys, uh-huh. which I think is, yeah, that's my number one. That's my number two. Yeah. And then number three is Die Hard. That's my number four. Which I, f- I like as what it is and i also like because it is culturally relevant but yeah. i don't outside of those two things uh I, I think it's just okay but i still have it at number mm-hmm. four but yeah actually my top five and vulture's top five are the same they're just in a different order uh so the number number four is the sixth sense uh-huh. which That's is my, number, my number five nice and then number five is pulp fiction which is my number three. That's also my number three. And, let's and I see. haven't seen Looper yet, so we haven't discussed and ranked that one. Yeah, so we have Looper, then Nobody's Fool. Hold Nine Yards is number eight. Wow. Um, Moonrise Kingdom is number nine. Another one we haven't talked about. Have you yeah. seen it? I haven't seen it yet, no. I own it okay. on Blu-ray, um, so it will be a part of my digital collection at some point. But, oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, Mortal Thoughts is number 10. And then finally, The Fifth Element. Uh, that's my number two. It's 13 for me. <laughs> uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, The Last Boy Scout, Red. I think I've seen Red, but I, we haven't talked about it yet. Yeah. Um. And then some, let's see. Armageddon is number 18. That's crazy. Armageddon sucks. People are insane. <laughs> they don't know nothing about drilling, John. They don't know nothing about drilling. <laughs> Let's see, where is Armageddon on my list? It's oh, number 35. For 35 yeah. for me. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. What about Tears of the Sun? Where's that on this list? Tears of the Sun. Oh, Motherless Brooklyn is number 22. That was his last, that was Willis's last performance in a in a widely released film. Yeah. Tears of the Sun is 67. That's second to last. It's very low on mine. It's 38 on mine. Yeah, it's 22 for me. It's like square in the middle. <laughs> this list didn't have to contend with uh, with the Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. Also, also, 
Wait, hold on. Look who's talking and look who's talking to. Yeah. Are, are better than Tears of the Sun and Hostage? Come I on. I disagree. Come I disagree. On, Keith Phipps. <laughs> yeah. And also, yeah. look who's talking to number 63. Look who's talking 64. Oh, that's insane. That might be the craziest thing on this list. Yeah. Should yeah, be the yikes. other Willis returning the just as bad sequel. Nah, get out of town. <laughs> get yeah. out of town. <laughs> I mean, I have Luke who's talking 39, Luke who's talking 242, so they're not that different, but yeah. I have them very different. I have a 21 point difference between the two of them. <laughs> wow. Breakfast of Champions is number 48 on this list. Yeah. Uh that for me is 40. It's also 40 for me. Pretty far down there. Yeah. We should make Uh, our own list at some point. um, Like combined? Yeah. Like combined, talk them through. And then we'll each like write a smidge. We can alternate for like some of the lower ones that Mm. we both don't want to talk about or Mm -hmm. figure out how to, how to do that. Cause that'd be kind of fun to make our own list. We can even make it into a book. I was going to say, I definitely have wanted like when we get to the end of his major films. Yeah. Uh, I think like a uh, coffee table book style book where you don't have to write like a essay, just like a couple paragraphs or a paragraph yeah. on each, each of them. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how hard that'd be to sell. Um, and I don't know what the, the rules are for the um, images. Cause I'd love to have an image. Oh yeah, for sure. Those. I well, yeah. If you can, if you can sell it to like, I mean, I'm talking out my, my butt here, but I think uh-huh. if you could sell the concept to like a publisher, they would probably handle getting the rights to the images because they're all, um, like film work. So I'm assuming you just license the 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 image from the studio. Yeah. Um, because there are yeah. tons of there are tons of books about movies, and they have you know posters or stills from the movie. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Someday. Yeah. I can't believe if I had to do that though, I would actually have to put down on paper all of my opinions and the amount of uh scrutinization I'd be opening up myself to would be a lot. I w- I will get reamed by strangers. Well, I'm I'm thinking that people will read this book. I could get reamed by strangers for bad opinions of mine. So. Well, Josh, you're assuming that they're going to have a way to ream you. And true, true. We just talked about how we're we're moving away from our social medias. Oh, true, true. <laughs> uh, yeah, how are they even gonna find us? <laughs> yeah, not to circle back to the last topic, but one thing that just I was thinking about recently. We used to call them social networks. Oh, really? I that's don't even why think the, I remember that, other than that, the movie. <laughs> yeah, the movie Social Network. Like they yeah. used to be a network. And you would like meet people and connect with people. And at some point it switched to social media. And I feel like that was for the the detriment of society. <laughs> that's the that's the real last stop that we had that we yeah. popped off at. And uh, yeah. that's, everything went downhill from there. That's when things went poorly. Yeah. Assuredly it wasn't anything else. Y- right. Yeah. <laughs> um have you ever heard of the concept bullshit jobs? I have. I love David Graeber. Um, his 
uh, his article, Bullshit Jobs, that he published on, um, I can't remember what the the company is. It was, I think, a company that he founded or he was like one of the main contributors for that. Um, but they had a bunch of kind of left leaning articles that they published. And I found Bullshit Jobs, I think, back in like 2014, 2015. And that really started my like radicalization. But the book I have not read yet. The magazine is Strike. Strike and it was pu- right. he published an essay in it in 2013. Uh, I have also never read the book, but um, I have read, I was reading the Wikipedia article. And if you're listening and you're, you're not familiar, it, it talks about how uh, humanity has increased its productivity over the last hundred years or so. Um, but instead of reduced work weeks, we have since created bullshit jobs because our society believes that in order for you to have value, you must have a job and somehow be creating capital. Um, and uh, it's kind of a fascinating concept. Um, and if you go to the Wikipedia page, there's like examples of bullshit jobs. So different people who it says flunkies who serve to make their superiors feel better, i.e. receptionists, administrative assistants, door attendants. Um, one I particularly like is goons who act to harm or deceive others on behalf of their employer to prevent other goons from doing so. Uh, so lobbyists, good. <laughs> corporate lawyers, telemarketers, public relations specialists. <laughs> uh. I love too how on that Wikipedia article as well, they're like, but they haven't like, he hasn't always proved that like all of those jobs are actually bullshit because they might, might be a value to companies or whatever. And it's like, well, that's the problem. Right. right is yes. that they're exclusively a value to the companies. They're not a value to humanity. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, I love that um, that article, Bullshit Jobs. And I think I've read one or two of his other articles, and they're also really, really good. Um, he passed away, sadly, a few years ago. But um, uh, just a tremendous thinker. One of my absolute favorite um, short essayists as far as um, economic issues go. But yeah, I might even have one of his books. I'm just such a terrible reader that um, I'm bad at making myself read. I can read. Um, so I haven't I haven't gotten into it yet, but maybe I, I you should could hire that. someone who just would come remind you to read. Yeah, maybe that that's the way to do things. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This concept, uh, I feel like you see a lot in like white collar jobs, middle management particularly. I've worked in a lot of jobs in the past where you just had people's jobs who were to like give you a list to make sure that and then remind you to check off the items on the list and then yeah. come back and verify that you checked out like that was their entire job and i was like yeah yikes just crazy yeah. crazy 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 do you feel like your job is a a bullshit job or do you think that it's a job that you... uh i don't know so so the reason this has been coming up a lot recently in my thinking is because ai um generative ai or large language models in general mm-hmm. have there's been a lot of discussion on what jobs it'll replace and yeah. unlike previous industrial revolutions this one is probably going to mostly target 
white collar workers mm-hmm. or or like technical professionals and i i don't like i think the aspects of my job are fairly unique enough that someone will probably have to be there it's kind of like the situation where once you all get it all automated there's still got to be like the janitor who comes in and like cleans off the who dusts the computer discs so that mm-hmm. everything's still working i kind of yeah. think that role unfortunately is going to be my role but as we've seen somehow society will create a new bullshit job layer um and you just got to make sure to put the right buzzwords on your linkedin profile that you're moved into that layer and not just laid off summarily and forgotten about so yeah i don't know ask me again in a decade and if i'm (laughs) still gamefully employed yeah AI is just one of those things that we are nowhere near at the level of grappling with how much it's going to change our our economics and how much that is going to change our society. And I am afraid because our our country in, is so many years behind uh, legislatively where they need to be on like the internet. And if it's taken them this long to do anything about the internet, I cannot imagine that they will be regulating mm-hmm. AI nearly fast enough. Um, so, yeah. Well, and it may be uh, like overly negative of me, but if it's possible for a corporation to lobby for the money making, they're always going to win out over mm-hmm. the the not money making people who don't have a corporate yeah. lobby. So. Yeah, it's hard not to see a future where they're like, "Ah, oh, yes, well, uh, we'll we'll open a new park." Yeah. Yep, that's what we'll do. You have a yeah. park. Yeah, it's called. Sorry, you don't have any jobs left. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like the the idea of um, kind of going into like a almost a techno technological feudalism again is a total possibility. Like if Amazon said. Yeah, we're going into the healthcare business, for instance, which they are doing. Um, and they said, we're going to actually offer a, we're going to create Amazon apartments and we're going to offer discounts to employees that want to live there. And then we'll also open up a Amazon Go store in the same area. And then everyone just lives within these yeah. new feudal empires that are not nation based, but are company based. Um, I could see that becoming a reality within the next 30 to 100 years if nothing's done about it. And it's it's freaky because we've already done company towns and they don't work. They hose over the little people and the, the regular working person in favor of um, shoring up the profit margins for whatever the company is. So, yeah, it's... I- it's just crazy. We, I don't think we've talked about, but I just recently read Snow Crash, and please don't yeah. at me online, Internet Bros. Uh, I thought it was just okay, but it was written in 1991, I think. Yeah, and it, it is about a future where the world is divided up into what they call burb claves, which are like little fragmented uh, autonomous states or yeah. countries. So it'll be like. One is controlled by this pizzeria, and one is controlled by this Chinese restaurant, 
and like you live in there and you work for that pizzeria and mm-hmm. then you'll like you have a visa and you'll go to the chinese restaurant burb clave and you'll deliver them pizza and then there's like different currencies and you just travel around um and i was like wow 1991 and you predicted this that whole book felt like i don't know if you've ever seen the meme uh and it, the meme is essentially like scientists saying look we've created the torment nexus from the popular yeah. <laughs> book don't create the torment nexus uh that's how i felt about reading that book because that that book is the where the invention of the word metaverse comes from oh really yeah and oh, it's kind of this like not great like vr pl- kind of hellscape i don't know mm-hmm. and now we have people who are like yeah that actually was a kid yeah we should have a metaverse where you just like are yeah. virtually plugged in all the time <laughs> Or like automatic doors. Automatic doors are a good thing that sci-fi shows showed us. Do more of those things. Not this insane nonsense, please. Yeah, yeah. Food yeah. for enough for everyone. That's a good sci-fi concept. Yeah, replicators. We love the idea of replicators. Make that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's that too is why I think um, I I genuinely have such a deep appreciation for star trek and it's because it um it shows a, a world grappling with still humanity issues of, of humanity um while also being overall positive and hopeful about our current state and how we're going to change as people and how we're going to deal with these problems and i think that that's kind of something that like the newer shows especially feel like they really lost um because our our media today just in general is pretty it it has a lot of a lot of downers sort of going on and the hopeful optimism of the earlier star trek feels like it's kind of in a way missing like i said i haven't seen strange new world so it's possible that all of the hopeful optimism that i could ever desire is there but i watched all of star trek picard or all of it minus like the last four episodes of season two and i did not feel hopefully optimistic about my future when i was watching those um yeah well go watch strange new worlds and come back to me also <laughs> go do uh, my homework and then come very back. different from any other star trek but lower decks also a lot of fun to watch yeah i'll i'll also throw that one in the exceptions um because I, I do think that it's decently hopeful and whatnot but um yeah i've watched a little bit more of lower decks and i am liking it more um I have to really let a lot of things go with what I think a Star Trek show should be and stuff like that. But it does it. I think it just does this perfect balance of not being overly sacred. Yeah. But also being wonderfully honoring. Yeah. Where it, it never punches down and is never, uh like man look at this dumb show or look at these fools who were invested in this universe but also being okay with asking the weird questions like wait why is this this way or like mm-hmm. who who does that job who does clean out the holodeck after people are done using it like just stuff like that where you're like oh yeah yeah 
I want to know who has to clean out the hollow suites on Deep Space Nine after they're done mm, using it, because I am sure yeah. that a lot more nasty stuff goes on in the hollow suites than the hollow. Probably, deck. yeah. They're not called hollow sours. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's our show, everyone. I'll see you guys later. No. <laughs> oh boy. Um, well, that about does it for the topics I had to talk about, to chit chat about. Right. Any on. other deep thoughts no no other deep thoughts um the only other thing i was going to say is that um i am intending on um revisiting a few of the bruce willis movies this year because we've been running our podcast now for um just over two years now right wow in total no three years i think three years oh three years now yeah 2021 didn't we start in 2021 yeah 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 yeah, we did yeah because we started like I remember recording the uh, or watching the or no recording our Die Hard episode right when January six was happening. Oh right. So <laughs> yikes. <laughs> so yeah, three years. Um, if nothing else, we can thank Donald Trump for giving us some good timestamps. Um, oh. <laughs> you know. If we can't laugh about it, we're going to cry about it. So I'd rather laugh about it. I'm just doing both, I think. I'm doing both. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But um, yeah, I I do want to revisit a couple of the the movies. Um, The ones that I had on my list were revisiting Fifth Element and then Death Becomes Her. um, Because I've had several people tell me that I was wrong about those movies. And I'm excited to go watch them again and see if I double down or if I go, oh, no, you were right. I did misjudge this movie. And if anybody has any other movies in the Bruce Willis uh, mythology, uh, chronologically, um, or whatever the term may be for his oeuvre films that I misjudged, uh, send me an email. Go ahead and send that to williswaypod at gmail.com and then let me know which ones I should rewatch. I will not do every one that I am suggested. I'm just going to say that right now. So. Sorry, Frederick from Oklahoma, who really wanted me to rewatch Billy Bathgate and reevaluate the goodness of that movie. Not going to do that. Sorry. Um, but if there's something else on there um, and I liked it enough to where I would be willing to s- subject myself to that again, I will give it a shot. Okay. I'm glad to hear uh, you're excited. Uh, I'm excited to hear what you yeah. have to say. Yeah. I think if I were to go back and rewatch some, I might rewatch in country just to see if my memory of it is as good as, as it is or, mm-hmm. and also maybe color of night. Oh yeah. You're going to try to watch the director's cut version or whatever one our guest, Justin watched that actually showed Bruce Willis's oh, dick. Cause yeah, of course the I mean, edits, not. Yeah. They seemed like there were multiple different versions out there that yeah. existed. Yeah. We all got to look at it. <laughs> If you're going to go for it, I should just really go for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What, who uh, doesn't want to see Bruce's Willis? So that's what I say. All right. <laughs> Joshua. Good, as always, to talk to you. Likewise. Likewise, Kendra. Appreciate it. Uh, and until next time, the next movie we're covering, do you know off the top of your head? Uh, is it Fast Food Nation? Is that the ding, next ding, one? Ding, ding, ding. Correct. Fast yeah. Food Nation. Nice. I win a point. So, looking forward to that one. Yeah. Um. All right. 
Thanks, everybody. See you later. Oh, yes, it's fun time. Fun time. Fun time. Fun time. Let you know So I haven't stopped recording, um, FYI. Oh, yeah. Because we should record like an opening. I almost hit stop recording, so I'm glad that you mentioned something. Yeah, okay. I was like, I have to leave enough lead out time, but also yeah. don't stop recording. <laughs> uh, you literally did it the probably the second <laughs> that you needed to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> woof, close one. Yep. <laughs>